Evolution at Work Podcast coming away, episode 567. Today we're going to be talking about proper hair care on steroid cycle. So, you know, before we get too deep into it, let's discuss what happens when you are on anabolic steroids. And a lot of people don't understand why pro bodybuilders are universally bald. Not just pro bodybuilders, but also these geniuses on social media that put out videos all the time. And claim, oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm natural. Oh yeah, I'm on TRT, and they're like 35 and they're already bald. So what happens is when you use anabolic steroids, as they are, even though they claim they're not, but at, when you do use them, what happens is either the steroid is going to uh, metabolize into dihydrotestosterone, or it's going to be directly uh, the the DHT derivative. So what happens is. When you increase the HT in your body, that will cause your head hair follicles on top of the on your head to fry. And when it fries, of course, your hair is going to fall out. So that's very important to understand. So what we want to do here, you know, right off the bat is we want to keep an eye on what we're using. Certain anabolic steroids are worse for the hair. That's just a fact. Winstrol. Number one on the list for head hair loss. If you use Winstrol, even someone like me who's not necessarily prone to head hair loss, I still have my head of hair in my 40s because I haven't abused steroids, but also because I have good genetics for hair on my head. Um, even in my case, when I took Winstrol, when I would uh, shampoo my hair and I would look down and I would see a lot of hair on my hands. Or if I would comb my hair, a lot of hair would come out. So even on something, even in a situation like that, Winstrol still shed my hair. And it was it was really, really scary. So you want to avoid Winstrol. If you're paranoid about your hair, you want to avoid Winstrol. It's a very important one to avoid. Another one is Trembolone. Now, Trembolone is not a DHT derivative, but it's a very, very harsh steroid. It's still very, very androgenic. It's still going to have a lot of conversion of DHT in the body. Testosterone also metabolizes DHT. You're going to lose some head hair when you're using testosterone. Any testosterone derivative, equipoise, any DHT derivative, primobolin, uh, provirin, masteron, all these. Now, certain DHT derivatives have less effects. They're more mild. They're structurally more mild. So, even though they're DHT derivatives, because they're mild steroids in general, you're not getting that double whammy of effects. So something like primobolin, even though it's a DHT derivative, is going to shed less hair than something like Winstrol, which also is a DHT derivative, if that makes sense. Provirin, same thing. It's going to shed way less hair than Winstrol, even though they're both DHT derivatives. So Different steroids are different. And if you start stacking steroids, it's going to make it worse. The more steroids you stack, the more head hair loss you're going to have. So you have to factor all that in. So at the end of the day, really, the one steroid that's going to have the most minimal effects on your hair is going to be nandrolones. Because nandrolones don't, the way they're structurally formed is they don't cause a large DHT increase. They actually cause a large dihydronandrolone increase. So dihydronandrolone does not attack your head hair follicles the way DHT does. So if you wanted to save your hair and you wanted to use steroids, DECA or NPP, nandrolone phenylpropionate, would be, would be your best option on that. But over time, 
doesn't matter. You're still going to lose your head hair no matter what steroid you use. It's a, it, it matters on the how long you use steroids, and it matters on the dosing. Obviously, the more steroids you're putting, anabolic steroids you're putting in your body over time, the higher the dosing, the more DHT will go higher and higher and higher in your body over time. That's a more of an effect, and the more head hair you're going to lose. So that's why when you're on anabolic steroids, you tend to lose some head hair. This is, and it changes. Some people will say, well, Steve, I've run two steroids. I'm, I'm, I'm 20, 25. I've run two steroid cycles and I haven't had any head hair loss. Trust me, by the time you're 30, by the time you're 35, if you continue using anabolic steroids, you will start noticing your head hair is falling out. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. All right. So a lot of, by, a lot of guys, a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of guys on social media, they lose their hair really, really young because they've been using steroids since they were teenagers. So by the time they get 30, that they're done. <laughs> they're bald. So all the hair is gone. So it's very important to understand that first. So I'll bring in Mobster. Touch on that a little bit, Mobster. When did you start losing your hair? And did anabolic steroids speed it up? Uh, I've got a bigger forehead than I had when I was a teenager, for sure, Steve. Uh, but I still got remarkably... <laughs> oh, oh, let me switch the camera on for a second so Steve can see that I have actually got some hair. Where are we, Steve? There we go. Look, where is There's some there. Look. Bit of fluff. I, As I, I, Cancel has advised me to plead the Fifth Amendment. I cannot comment on that, sir. <laughs> it's a, it's a, <laughs> Steve's convinced I'm completely bored and I've actually got quite a bit of head there, but I just keep it short all the goddamn time. My hair was never anything special when I was younger, Steve. And even when I was uh, successful with the ladies, that was more down to confidence and my attitude. And I just had a really, my hair would just flop and not do anything. Hair gel, spiking it, whatever, man. It was always like, eh, I, I'm not going to cooperate. So at some point, I just used to start shaving it off. And I've actually, funny enough, I've got one of those uh, head shaver type things coming real soon. You're the one you're holding the palm of your hand with five blades. I'm just going to, I'm going to go dome chrome as quick as possible with that bitch. That's in the post right now. So listen, right, guys, you're messing with hormones. You're messing with hormones in the same way as puberty and the same way as when you age, right? We know that testosterone drops off. We know that there's going to be issues when you're in puberty with oily hair and oily skin and follicles and all that kind of stuff. And here we are taking steroids. So listen, don't be surprised if you mess with hormones that it has an effect on your head hair. That said, and here's more, it's more to do with your psyche sometimes, Steve. So you've decided to take steroids, which might mess with your hairline. You haven't really looked around at your family to see if male pattern baldness is an issue. And I say male pattern baldness because we've talked about this in other shows, Steve. Female pattern baldness too. There is a surprising number of women out there with do's on and you don't know it. And they've got head hair underneath, but it's not as good as it should be. I've known Personally, a neighbor of my, a neighbor of a, a good friend of my mum's back in the day, my mother, uh, she got to the point where we would go and visit her, the lights would be off, and we knew that she was going bald, but we'd known her such a long time, we kind of saw past it. And if you saw her out in public, she'd have hair. Well, she certainly didn't have hair when we come to visit her in the dark front room in bed when she was elderly and so on and so forth. So she was definitely wearing a do. But it wasn't a big deal to us, we'd known her since we were children. But it's definitely a thing for women as it is for men. And for the same goddamn reason, Steve, aging and hormones. So here's the thing. I know this is the psyche part. We've become kind of obsessed with it sometimes when we're on cycle. 
And Steve and I have touched on this when we talk about the number of hairs that you lose per day. It's, it, and it's completely different from redhead, brunettes, brown hair, to blonde hair. Okay? So brown-headed haired, haired people have the most hairs per square inch. Blondes less, and redheads have the least. So a red-headed person, male or female, is more likely to go bald sooner. But you're not talking about massive differences. I think it's between thirty to 50,000 head hairs. So if you lose 100 head hairs a day, which is quite normal, up to 200 head hairs a day, whether it's in your comb or in the plug hole of the shower or whatever else, that is normal. The problem is we become obsessed, Steve. When we go, oh, my God, look how much hair is in the plug hole. That was kind of what you had before. You just didn't think about it. And now you've used the steroids, you're thinking about it. So you can become obsessive with it. It's when it becomes over and above that. And again, guys, it's, for me, it's one of those, I made the choice. Why did we see professional bodybuilders? I don't think of Ronnie Coleman, Sean Ray, and a bunch of others shaving their hairs on their head off, completely going bald, sh shining that dome up, putting some some sort of gel onto the skin, making it look amazing, getting a tan on, because on cycle, they, 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 they especially competition cycles, the great and vast majority of them would have hair issues. Now, some, Ronnie Common is actually a great example of this, Steve. He's more rare in that he actually had hair in between cycles. If you see him out of competition, he had head hair. And if you see him now, uh, when he's not doing the seminars, he's not going around to the exhibitions and doing stuff with his company, you'll see him sometimes with head hair. When he's chilling at home for three months of the year, he lets his hair grow back. But when he's on the seminars, when he's at the exhibitions, He's looking kind of vascular. He's still got the back issues, and it's still difficult to walk. But he looks like an old muscular man. He's he he has that head hair shaven. Funny enough, Sean Ray was accused of wearing a, a wig, a do back in the day, and he's still got his head shaved. So those, those they, they were kind of making a choice. They decided to be a top professional bodybuilder. And there's even an argument. I can think of one guy that's literally come out of nowhere recently, Steve. He's got this massive mop of hair on his head, and it's actually a distraction. He's got per perfect, great, huge, great mane of hair. And the first thing I look at is his hair, not his physique. He's actually kind of weird in that particular regard. Keeping it clean and keeping it tidy, keeping it healthy, which we're going to touch on, is something that uh, it takes away from the aesthetic when it's kind of messy and unruly. The same way as you very rarely see bearded bodybuilders on stage for the same reason. So that's super, super important. Now, kind of obvious, and we shouldn't have to tell you this, is how to take care of it. Now, whether we're talking about skin, as we did in a recent podcast, and acne being issues for some people on cycle, the same thing applies to your head hair. Now, it should be kind of obvious, Steve, but people have done surveys on this. Shampoo companies have done surveys on this. And occasionally you'll see a newspaper report or an online report from a newspaper talking about the frequency. Women take a lot better care of their hair than men do. That's just typical. It's changing slightly. The, new, the generations that are coming through now seem to be more focused on it. Perhaps they've been more affected by uh, advertising for products. And if you ever go into a woman's bathroom versus a man, it's the classic, Steve. You've got one towel for a man, whereas women with a head towel, body towel, and so on. And the same thing when it comes to lotions and hair, hair gels and body lotions and so on and so forth. They will have two or three times the amount that we do, and two or three types versus the men with one say if it's an all-in-one. So women are taking a lot more care of their hair. And these, the surveys and the studies that have looked into this support the simple fact that the variation, and of course it differs from one man to the next as it does from women to men, 
is that women are typically washing and or taking care of the hair, putting oils onto dry hair, uh, realizing that when they get they do done down at the local hair salon, they'll, they, 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 the effect of having the hair blasted by hot air dryer is drying the skin, is drying the hair. That the, the, the women will talk about split ends in a way that a man never will. So if you look at the difference and the variation in statistics, men will typically shampoo their head maybe once a week on average, whereas I think women are doing a lot more than that. Women are more likely to be careful with their hairsprays. Uh, the only issue you get, and something that surprised the younger people, and I think I was guilty of this, maybe Steve was as well, definitely spraying more hairspray onto my head when I was younger, definitely using a lot more hair gels and waxes and God knows what else, which are an absolute bitch, he says. The waxes, especially Steve, are an absolute bitch to get out. And you're going to pull out as much hair as you as you're as you're adding to when you're using it. Never mind on cycle. And again, this especially applies to our younger listeners. You're more likely to do stuff to your hair and with your hair when you're younger versus an older person. So it changes through life as well. What do you think on that, Steve? In terms of the difference between when and women, and actually looking after hair before we talk about yeah. shampoos and how yeah. to do it. Well, I mean, women have to. Women have to do that. They've got long hair, and and hair is important. Hair is a big turn on, um, you know, when it comes to when it comes to that. So you get you got to remember that guys who have long hair. If I let my hair grow out, I, it would turn into a fro, and believe me, it would be a pain in the ass for me. But a lot of a lot of guys have big fros, or they have long hair, whatever. They're they're in the heavy metal and all that stuff. You know, and they got to take care of their hair the same way women do. Otherwise, it's going to get smelly and it's going to get dirty. So you're talking about, you know, um, it's all about cleanliness, man. I mean, it's very, very important. But when it comes to, you know, keeping healthy hair, there's so many products out there. So many products. And look, just like everything else, most of these products are going to be garbage. And they're not going to do anything they just basically, they're actually just going to do more harm than good. So we got to kind of separate the bullshit from the truth here. And let's let's first take a look at what you want to basically avoid when you're shopping for a shampoo. And it's very, very important to kind of look at this. First of all, you want to always look at, first of all, there's a really good app, okay? You can get, it's called Yuka, Y-U-K-A. You can download it, don't let, download it to your phone. You can scan shampoos, skin products, all that stuff, and it'll kind of give you a, a score from zero to 100. So if you go to your normal drugstore and you go through and you start scan, scanning their shampoos, you'll notice most of the shampoos score very poorly, okay? And you won't find a good shampoo. So really, you've got to either get something online or you're going to go to a health food store, a good health food store, to try to find a shampoo that's actually any good. But for me, the products I use, they have at least uh, an excellent score. They have to have at least an excellent score, which is at least a minimum of 75 or, or even 80 out of 100. So one of the things that we got to watch out for is the way these companies, they misrepresent their products. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But first of all, it's very important to look on the bottle if you're in the United States or in Canada. And I don't know if it's the same way in Britain, Mobster, but look for the humane uh, stamp, which tells you that the shampoo was not animal tested. Because, look, if it was animal tested, first of all, that's cruel uh, to, to do that to animals, number one. 
and we love animals on this podcast. You're on the wrong podcast. If you don't like animals, this is not the podcast for you. Okay, we love animals on this podcast. Number two, all right, it shows that they're lazy and they're only after a buck. All right, so it's not that difficult to get your shampoo tested the correct way and not by torturing animals. So that's the number one step. That tells me it's a low quality product right away. If they don't have that that stamp on there that it's it's animal safe and uh and, and humane, then that tells me something's wrong. Some of the other things you got to work watch out for is parabens. And these are preservatives. And what these do when you when these contact your body, they actually will disrupt your endocrine system. And that's going to affect your reproductive system. So we talk a lot about why so many people out there have low testosterone levels at a young age. And one of the reasons is these parabens. So if you're washing your hands with a bad soap or you're shampooing your hair with a bad shampoo that contains these parabens, then what do you think is going to happen to your testosterone levels? Obviously, they're going to drop. Uh, they're going to drop. And you're going to have the testosterone levels of an 80-year-old man by the time you're 30. So you want to avoid those. Another thing you want to avoid is sulfates. And sulfates, they you know, they do a great job at cleaning. They do a good job at foaming. They're great to clean with. However, when it comes to your skin, when they contact your skin, it's bad news. So you don't want to have sulfates. So if you're shampooing your hair with sulfates, what do you think is going to happen? Not good. Another ingredients you want to look for, you want to look for, you want to avoid fragrances, you want to avoid parfum. And the reason that they use parfums is because they want to hide how they are making their products smell good. So they don't want, it's basically for intellectual property reasons, right? So the problem with that is we don't know what they're using. We don't know the chemicals that they're using to provide that fragrance and that provide that smell. So if you're using a shampoo that smells really strong, it's like, oh, this shampoo smells like fruit. This shampoo smells really, really good. There's a good chance that they're using some sorts of chemicals to give you that. The problem with that is it's going to irritate your skin. When that contacts your skin, it's going to irritate it. So we want to avoid, we want to avoid that. We want to get a product that isn't um has it have some hidden fragrance to it another thing is hydroxypropyl and this ingredient is part of the ammonian family and look it's an irritant so it's also non-biodegradable so can you imagine putting something on your head that's an irritant what's going to happen to your hair you're going to be scratching your hair all day it's not going to be good for your hair another one is benzyl alcohol this is a really common one that we see huge allergen. So you're putting an allergen on your head. You imagine shampooing your hair before bed and then you go to bed and then you're like, your sinuses are going crazy while you sleep at night. Well, it's because of this. You're basically putting an allergen on your head. So there's so many ingredients, guys, that we got to look out for. I can go through a list of like a hundred different ingredients that are found commonly in shampoos and that are going to cause your hair to become, you know, itchy to you know, not help your head. Um, it's going to basically poison your scalp to the point where your scalp is so poisoned that your head hair is just going to start falling out. 
So it's now you see why so many people have low testosterone levels because literally you're shampooing with stuff that's making your hair fall out and it's making your testosterone levels drop. So it's it's a really, really big problem. Um, officer, do you want to chime in on that? And I'll get into some of the good things we want to look for uh, when we're shampooing our hair. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this when it comes to food, Stephen, anything else. So as an example, and Steve's mentioned this before on other podcasts, I make my own ice cream. And I said, one of the stories I've mentioned before is that the, the local ice cream company, very nice products that they make. They also make a bunch of sorbets. And the sorbets, basically, it's water ice with flavor. And you can use fruits mashed up, pureed, and you add it to the ice. We have a bit of sugar, Steve, and a little bit of water, and that's a sorbet. Four ingredients, right? That's it. Five ingredients, six maybe, but four basic ingredients, and that's a sorbet. And in order for their product to go to the shops, it had to have 17, 18, 19 ingredients, and you could taste the chemicals. So the same thing is going to apply to shampoos and, and hair products. You don't, don't want a hair product that contains ingredients or, 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 or constituent parts that you can't even you have to look up what it is you don't want a product that's 14 15 16 ingredients you want mild you want natural as much as possible that, that might cost you an extra buck or two but again you're a steroid using bodybuilder we're talking about hair care on cycle so you're going to be using harsh chemicals harsh hormones to create a, a an anabolic environment in your body you're going to force it to do something it's not done before. I mean, no, that's going to have an effect. So elsewhere, we would talk about a clean diet. That's what you do when you're doing steroids. You should, your diet should be super healthy, should be clean. We talked about toxins coming out of your skin, causing acne on the skin podcast. Same thing applies to your hair. There's skin on your head. The follicles are going to get affected. When, when they want to do a health thing, they will sometimes take a hair sample from you and analyze it. They would do a swab of your, your the skin on your, your scalp and stuff like this. So the same thing applies. And we don't think of it in that particular way. When we're using harsh chemicals, for example, bleaching chemicals, just getting a doodun, Steve, having tints or highlights or whatever put in, you're using harsh chemicals. How many times have we seen photographs when that's gone absolutely wrong? So when it comes to hair care products, you will mold, you want natural, you want organic, and you don't want something that's got 15 or 20 ingredients that you literally have to look up. It's got isodis and benzoyl there and God knows what else, Steve. You want the, and this is for food. It should be in life for the most part. Keep things simple, keep things pure, keep things organic as much as you possibly can. Yes, you might have to spend an extra buck or two. A great and classic example of something that you can do for your hair, Steve, is egg. It's a, it's a thickener. It will thicken up your hair, and there are homemade recipes you can do. Make sure you do that properly, but there are homemade recipes you can do with milk, egg, lemon juice, and a bunch of other things. Lemon juice is a classic one for getting a little bit of a lightness of the hair, Steve. Talk about actual good products, the, the oils and stuff that people can use for good health hair, but especially when on cycle now. So unrefined cold-pressed coconut oil, the good stuff, the real stuff, not the stuff you would buy from most grocery stores or the drugstore or something that's just basically filtered and processed junk, all right, which is actually going to have a negative effect on your hair. So you want to use that high-quality coconut oil. And coconut oil does a really good job because it moisturizes your hair. So it's a really good conditioner. You want to be careful with coconut oil. Don't use too much. Because I've made this mistake before. Because you, you know what's going to happen if you use too much? 
It's going to trickle down your face. It's going to get in your eyes and it's going to sting the shit out of you. <laughs> it's really going to sting your eyes big time. So you don't want to use too much. You don't need much of it. Just put it in your hair. Don't use it while you're in the shower. Like use it either after your shower when your hair is dry. This way you can kind of massage it into the scalp. That's the important thing. So it's going to be something that's a lot of people do. And sometimes people, they'll put it in their hair before bed and then go to sleep with the coconut oil in their hair. And it's going to help prevent protein loss in your hair. So it's going to strengthen your hair and it's going to strengthen your scalp. And it's going to strengthen those roots of your hair. So that's a good option. And <clears throat> coconut oil is rich in lauric acid. That's one of the reasons why it's so effective for that purpose. And um, like I said, and it's natural. So you can definitely use that as a, as a really good conditioner. I mean, my gosh, we look at some of these um, uh, conditioners out there and just read the ingredients. I mean, it's like a hundred different things in it. It's all chemicals, you know? So it doesn't really do anything, but this coconut oil, it's going to penetrate inside your hair shaft and it's going to really make your hair nice and shiny. It's going to, it's going to stimulate hair growth as well. So it's a really, really good tip to use that mobster. Another thing you want to basically, uh, you know, look for when you're doing this is biotin. And um, look, it comes not just directly putting it on your hair, but it actually comes from food. And biotin is really good because it creates red blood cells, carries oxygen and nutrients to the scalp and hair follicles. So it's going to help. So it is a part of the B vitamin family. And we then we go back to, you know, biotin as a really good um, um, supplement. Um, and look, at the end of the day, it's, count, it's found in food. Egg yolks, organ meats, which no one ever eats, raw nuts, um, mushrooms, avocados, sweet potatoes. These are really good ways to get not only your other vitamins and minerals that you need, but also biotin. So look, the people in Okinawa, 50% of their diet is sweet potatoes. They eat sweet potatoes a lot, you know, basically like every meal seems like they'll have sweet potato with their meal, but it's full of good quality ingredients. So absolutely the foods that you're eating, as monster said earlier, will have an effect on your head hair. Absolutely. Um, more vitamins that are really good. Zinc and zinc is something that's missing a lot in our diet because we eat so much processed food. Processed food does not have your proper minerals and vitamins that you need. So we talk a lot about, you know, zinc, seafood, fish, good quality meats. We'll, we'll have zinc in it. Eggs, also good quality eggs. You got to get the good quality meats, the good quality eggs. If you, eat the, if you get the cheap eggs, okay, from the, uh, the chickens that are stuck in coops all day and stuck in cages, shitting all over themselves and walking their own crap. Then what do you think is going to happen to you? You're going to end up with food poisoning, okay? And um, it's not good. So you want to make sure you're getting the high-quality eggs. Those are the ones that are going to have the nutrition, where the egg, where the chickens get to walk around and peck and eat bugs outside and, and in the sunshine, eat seeds off the ground. Those are going to be the healthy chickens, okay? Those are the ones. Your vitamin Cs, your iron, your vitamin D, your vitamin A, vitamin E, B vitamins, vitamin B12. A lot of people are deficient in these because they don't have a good gut health. So you got to fix your gut health so you can actually absorb these vitamins and minerals. Now, aside from vitamins and minerals, saw palmetto. Now, saw palmetto is found in, in 
the fruit of the saw palmetto plant. So you can get that as a supplement. You can try that. And the thing about saw palmetto uh, mobster is that it's found in Nutrafol, which is a product that helps block DHT naturally. So when you start blocking DHT in the body in a natural way, you don't end up with the side effects. And we're going to touch on that in a second. We're going to talk about drugs that block DHT. And I'm going to explain why you probably should avoid those. But if you would like a supplement that helps block DHT on cycle, if you're running a cycle with a lot of DHT steroids, DHT derivatives, and things like Winstrol and stuff, solid palmetto extract might be a good solution for you to, to help with that. Another one is called Vif Viviscal. And Viviscal is an oral marine protein supplement, and it also helps promote hair health. So it's going to have a blend of different things in it. And this one has different collagens and stuff like that. So we go back to bone broth. What does bone broth have? Bone broth of fish. So you can get, if you want fish collagen, you can get fish bones, put them in the pot and cook them for 24 to 48 hours rather than wasting your time with this supplement because you'd be getting the same effects. And then eating the skin of the fish, you got good omegas and, and all that stuff. So these are really, really good ways to get it. So there's a lot of different products out there that claim they do this, claim they do that for their hair. So we want to try to stay away from getting scammed and take and taking. We're not going to say here, and Officer and I name off like three supplements that work for your hair that are going to magically do your hair. That's not what we're doing on this podcast. We're going to tell you, I don't want you to go and waste money buying these scam supplement products. I want you to actually get your entire health back so that you're you're going to be able to function properly. You know, that's the, the key. So, Mobster, if you want to chime in, and we'll get into DHT blocking drugs and, uh, in a second here. Yeah, let me give you another couple of examples. And this sometimes people don't think about these kind of things. How many of you, and I had to wear a hat for a living in that job that I was talking about earlier on, uh, on another show that we just recorded. So uh, you'd see this all the time. Back in the day, previous generation from mine, Steve, where the old fellas, every photograph, old picture, and you have this in America, you go back to the 1920s and 1930s, nearly every man's wearing a hat. They're either wearing something that looks like a trilby or a pork pie type hat or a flat cap. And wearing a hat, and in this day and age, it's going to be a baseball cap or some kind of beanie, especially for the younger generation. Again, I've got a bunch of beanies. You're wearing a hat on your head constantly, and you're doing this even at the gym. You know, the the the, the classic one is the baseball cap turned back the front when you're about to hit it in the gym or whatever else. There are a bunch of guys. They're kind of they're even some of them. They've already got hair problems. They're kind of hiding male pattern baldness. Their hair is thinning, and they're only in their thirties. And then they've stuck a hat on to sort of obscure. So you don't notice the fact that their hair's fitting. They're actually making the problem worse. So having a hair on your head constantly. Another one, and this affects your skin as much as it does your scalp, but it can be surprising, is if the air conditions, super, super dry atmospheres, or even, for example, being out on a, on a windy day, Steve, if, you are, if your job is like that regularly um, and you keep your hair short like I do, sunshine hitting your head can dry your scalp out. You, you put lotion on your skin, but you're not putting it on your scalp. 
So you're not you're not thinking about the simple fact that you're actually tanning the top of your head. And if it dries your facial skin, if it dries your arm skin, if it dries your leg skin and your chest skin, it's going to dry your scalp. Another one, and I hope this doesn't apply to most of our listeners, is smoking. And it, it even without smoking, just being around pollutants in the air. And I've talked about this on another show, a Guinness Skin one that we've not long ago recorded, where I said that a couple of times I'd worked at Oxford Circus doing Christmas traffic, Steve, waving my arms around, stopping people going and run over the sheer number of people that are Christmas shopping. And we were working in one of the most densely polluted areas of London because of the high buildings, the big shops there, kind of high, eight, nine stories, lots of buses, diesel engines. And we would come home and our skin would feel dirty. And if I put my fingers in my ears, my nose, around my eyes, I would take away my finger and my fingers would be covered in the particulates I've just rubbed off my skin. Now, I'm only touching the skin on my face, on my head. What I'm not doing is I'm not running my fingers through my hair. And now whether you're smoking or you're around pollution or you drive a truck for a living, you work near the freeways, you, need, you work near a place that's a big industrial plant, the amount of crap, the pollutants, the particulates from diesel and whatever else that are in the air, whether, and as I say, this could be air-conditioned, filtered, whatever else, and then you go out, you'd be surprised. All of those things are not good for you. And if they're not good for your skin, if they're not good for you to breathe in, they're definitely not good for your head hair, and they're definitely not good for your scalp. So there's a bunch of things you can do. Like I said, there's a, a natural remedies, shampoos you can make for yourself. There are natural treatments you can do. But think about this, okay? So especially when you're on cycle, I want you, and Steve's going to come up with the actual the, the products, etc. I want you to think of if you're Skin needs to look good for a competition, for a model shoot, whatever else, for the beach. Then your head hair and your scalp needs to be considered as the same thing. I... Yeah. So think about this, guys. If you're going to look after your skin to look good for the beach, if you're going to look after your skin for a modeling shoot, if you're going to look after your skin for a competition, add the idea of looking after yourself in exactly the same way. Rubbing lotion to your skin, rub some lotion near the skin on your head. You can always wash excess off. Use cold water, not hot water. Use less harsh chemicals. Don't go crazy with the hair dyes and stuff like that. That's one that we've all done when we're younger and we regret when we're older. Uh, not wearing hats constantly all day long unless you absolutely have to because it's your profession. And, and even putting a little bit of lotion on your head on the days when you're hitting the beach and you're out in the sun. I'll let Steve talk about particular products that you need to look out for. Uh, that come with terrible side effects now before we finish. Yeah, so finasteride is, you know, it's the most well-known DHT blocking drug out there. And finasteride is no joke, guys. It's a 5A reductase inhibitor. So what it does is it blocks DHT from converting in the body. So if you're using testosterone, for example, then it will prevent that conversion to the HT in the body, but it will not do anything if you're using a DHT derivative that's directly increasing the HT in the body, you see. So if you use finasteride with Winstrol, it's not going to help with the Winstrol. It'll still help overall with you know any hormones, testosterone that's that's in your system that's converting to the DHT, but it won't help you with Winstrol specifically, if that makes sense. So a lot of guys will get on finasteride because their hair is very important to them, and they'll use anabolic steroids. I am not a fan of finasteride. 
and I'll explain why. There is something called post-finasteride syndrome. And a lot of guys end up with this issue. And it's because blocking DHT conversion in your body comes with a gamble. And because we need DHT as men for our libido, for our sexual health, okay? So to block it from metabolizing or from converting in the body just to save your hair, to me, doesn't make sense. But look, if you want to sacrifice your sexual health just to save your hair, go for it. But if you're worried about your sexual health, you may want to think twice about messing with finasteride. And look, finasteride is an actual drug. It's prescribed by doctors. Sources, if you come on the forum, come on evolution.org, we've got plenty of sources that sell finasteride. So you can use finasteride on cycle. But I'm just warning you, don't come crying when you get the side effects. So it's going to help. It's going to hurt a lot of things. It can cause depression. It can cause problems with ejaculation. It can cause pain in the testicles. It can cause decreased sexual desire. It can cause the inability or ability to maintain an erection. So there's a lot of different side effects that you have to watch out for. So, but if you do want to try it, look, five milligrams once a day is what you want to start with. And you can kind of increase it from there. And it does work. It does definitely help when you're on cycle. Um, so like some guys have come to me, they're like, look, I'm a model. I got to have my hair, but I want to use steroids. I don't care about my sexual health. I, you know, I care about more about my, uh, my wallet and how much money's in my wallet. I need to keep my modeling job. If I lose my hair, I'll lose my modeling job. It's very important to them. And so they'll use finasteride. Other guys will use finasteride and they'll say, you know what? I don't have a, I don't have any problems in that department. It doesn't bother me at all. And that's great. I'm happy for them. But here's the thing. Eventually, you know, nature and science will catch up to you. And the science of blocking DHT conversion in your body, you know, it just, I don't see it being worth it. I'd rather you avoid anabolic steroids that really hit your hair hard. And I'd rather you run more, you know, uh, conservative cycles, shorter cycles, less dosing, stuff like that. Don't stay on cycle for long periods of time. That's what really gets you on the head hair. Stick to shorter cycles, 10 weeks max, come off, spend 20, 25 weeks off, and then you can go back and run a 10-week cycle again. That's a way to conserve your hair and avoid some of the more stressful steroids on your hair and avoid stacking them at the very least. You don't have to one run Winstrol to bodybuild or get a nice body. You don't have to. It's a great steroid for that, but you don't have to. There's other options. That's all I'm saying. So at the end of the day, you got to, you know, it's your body. You got to do your own research and you got to come to a conclusion on what you're willing to do just to save your hair. So I hope all you, you know, got a lot from this. Look, we can talk about more things that you can, you know, use or, or to avoid. I can, I can do a 10 hour podcast on all the chemicals out there that are in shampoos that you want to avoid. But like I said at the beginning, you can download apps now that can scan products in the store and you could see what exactly they have and what exactly they're hiding. And you can avoid those products, guys. So I hope this podcast helped a lot of you guys. Mobster, final thoughts? Take us to the disclaimer.
Realize ultimately, guys, you're making a choice. You decided to use steroids. You decided it was important that you created this new body, this great look, this more power, this more muscle, more leanness, whatever it was. Those are the choices that you don't have to use just what your buddy down the gym or your local seller's got, that there are more choices, that our approved sources, for example, have multiples of what your local dealer would have, your your local void person, whatever you want to call them. So you can choose alternatives to the harsher drugs. You don't have to go, well, I got to use Tread. I got to use Winstrol. That's not true. But ultimately, regardless of the choice of steroid on cycle, you decided this is the thing that was super, super important to you. What you shouldn't be doing really is kind of freaking out if it has an effect that you were told about. Research steroids. Listen to these podcasts. Be aware of the side effects and if it's a male pattern female pattern baldness issue in your family and you chose to use those steroids you chose especially to use ones that might have an effect on your hair you need to be aware of that equally guys especially but some of the women too just look after your hair the same as you look after your skin if you're rubbing lotions on your skin to look younger if you're getting botox if you're rubbing suntan protection factor stuff onto your skin on a hot summer's day, rub a little of that stuff in your scalp. Remember that if you're working on a construction site or a dirty environment, you need to wash your hair as frequently as you're washing your skin to get rid of that shit. And so it's a question of taking care, being aware. And if you know that there might be an issue with your hair and you choose to use those stories, you knew that there might be an issue and have that at the back of your minds. Please know always that we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic and podcasts for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment apply.